Hello, and welcome to uh, Literary Porno with me, your narrator Mike, and also your narrator Amber. And tonight we are going to start reading uh, One Hard Ride by M.M. Bordeaux. Now warning, this one says 18 plus graphic content. And I'll give you a little shakedown on it. Amanda Sloan's passion has been solely focused on becoming a well-respected New York City art appraiser. With that appetite sated, she can no longer ignore her body's carnal desires. Tasked with authenticating an uncatalogued Randall painting that could be worth millions, she meets a trio of Texas ranch hands who take her on an erotic ride imagined only in her deepest fantasy. Between ranch owners Jake and Justin, Ju- Jake and Justin Morgan, and their ranch foreman Luke, the cowboys ignite in Amanda a raging fire of uninhibited sexuality. For years, the Morgan brothers have fought off their greedy cousins' attempts to take their ranch, including poison and sabotage. Now Jake is counting on the elegant and sophisticated art appraiser to authenticate his granddaddy's painting to stave off foreclosure on the family ranch, awakening the big city vixen's sexual hunger as his body ablaze with the need and his heart yearning for love. Can Amanda give up the intoxicating pleasure of her sexual awakening, or is Jake's love unconditional enough to encourage her to continue her erotic odyssey? You're making me very nervous. Will you give me uh, the charger? Amber, she's riding around on a hopped up uh, rascal. Staying, it goes like 0 to 60 in like 5 seconds. And she's drinking Jose Cuervo. She's gonna, trying to parallel park. Trying to parallel park, I guess. She's going to murder me. Why don't you turn the speed down on that thing? Oh, oh it's so difficult. I, I feel like you have no business on that thing. No, well, I feel like it's, it's about just like driving a car. Or... Yeah, except it costs more than our car. Alright, you want to plug me in over here? Where are we doing? Is that in here? Uh, you try getting that There's a plug, plug right there. Yeah, you tried doing it, because that, that, those things are a lot Watch harder. my toe. Oh, you watch your toes. Well, get away. I'm looking, and I'm going. What do you mean? This ain't that hard. Oh, you do it. Oh, thanks. You don't need that light anyway. Did you do a shot? Of Jose? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of, I guess. You did or didn't? I did. You didn't. Sorry. Sorry about the... Uh, Delay. Delay. Felt like the speed of this fucking... Yep. Okay. Here we go. We're going to go ahead and start the story now. Uh, sorry. Ready? Chapter one. Amanda groped for her ringing cell phone. What? We're doing this... You're, you're, you're going to be a little more involved in this one. 
because this is from a woman's point of view. Is it really? She is the main protagonist, I guess is what you'd say. See, I was wondering how this was gonna play out. Like, Amanda groped for a ringing cell phone, knocking the alarm clock and her vibrator off the nightstand before she had the damn thing in her hand. She fully intended to hang up, but made the mistake of checking the caller ID. Oh. Oh, shoot. Hello, Sarah. She said sleepily. What's up? Time to rise and shine, sweet cheeks. It's 8.15 on a beautiful sunny day in Manhattan. And you owe me breakfast. Get your pretty ass out of bed and get dressed. I'll see you at Beans in 20 minutes. I've got a big surprise for you. Is that a dude or a chick? I don't know. I'm going to not do that anymore. Uh, the cheery voice was like a suddenly raised window shade, flooding the room with bright light. You gotta point this more toward my direction. Okay. Jeez. She held the phone away from her ear. How do you how do you know I'm not already dressed? Maybe I've just come in from a two-mile run. Yeah, right. And I'm the Queen of Sheba. It's just Eight on a Sunday, so I know you're still in bed. The question is, where and with whom? You still seeing that blonde Viking? Are you at his place or yours? I would really love to see the mast on that man's longbow. Sarah giggled. Oh, it was a girl. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't. Okay. Oh, well, you would be very disappointed, just like I was. Amanda groused. See, that's not right. And I'm afraid that relationship is over. Alright, I don't like this one. Let's, let, no, let, maybe we could just start over. There's too many parts in this one. And there's gonna be three dudes. I can't keep up with all that nonsense. Three dudes? Yeah, she's gonna be banging three dudes here before long. Say there's something else. I don't like this one. Okay, fine. I might have to start this whole thing over. We need um, to do it where you're more involved. What about this one? The perfect slave. Okay. Perfect slave? Mm hmm. Alright, let's try it. Should I read the summary? Uh, sure. No, fuck it. Alright. This is by The Perfect Slave by Anne Rose uh, Emily. Emile? Emily? See, if you had that on your cover, you'd make a lot more people. I got it. Happen. Ruby picked at her salad, trying to t spear a particularly robust tomato with her fork. It exploded into a mass of green seeds and goo, making her grimace and drop it to the plate. The clattering of metal on China alerted the attention of her mother, who looked over with a thin smile and asked if everything was okay. I'm just not hungry, Ruby said, looking down at her food. Earlier that day, Amber had pointed out that the inch of fat around her middle, Perfect. pinching it between her finger and thumb before telling her to sort it out. I can't have a fat best friend. Amber had said, curling up her top lip in disgust. Ruby poked at the flesh around her midriff and looked across the table at Amber, recalling her friend's cruel barb. Greg, dinner. Mom shouted for the seventh time. Mom. Whatever. The low hum of music from above disappeared, replaced with thudding footsteps. Greg seemed to be incapable of walking down the stairs without creating the sound effect of elephants tumbling down a clifftop. It was, it was one of his many annoying qualities that she was going to have to live with from now on. He sat down at the table, looking at the dinner her mother had made for him with a confused frown for a moment before picking up the cutlery. Thanks, Sam. 
He said only once he'd felt the weight of her expectant stare. You're welcome, Greg. She said. Your dad is just getting the last of the boxes and then he has to return the van to work. Ruby watched as Greg nodded with disinterest and attacked his salad. Salmon and potatoes with the same lack of enthusiasm as Ruby. She couldn't help but feel sorry for her mother, who had taken the time to cook a meal from scratch to see it go to waste. Amber, who used her house as a second home, was picking around the fish, just eating the salad. To Amber, being fat was just as bad as having fat friends. She was very self-restricting when it came to food and fastidious about her exercise routine. Big word. Uh, Ruby was about to apologize for not eating all our food when she felt a sharp pain in her shin. Looking around the table with accusatory eyes, she found it was Amber who had kicked her and was now giving her a very pointed look and signaling toward Greg. Oh, sorry. Ruby gasped. Greg, this is my best friend, Amber. Amber, my stepbrother, Greg. Hi, Greg. It's nice to meet you. Amber said with a wide smile. He looked at her and frowned. Hmm. Amber and Ruby. Is that a coincidence, or did you two decide to be friends based on your names? Amber turned to Ruby, uh, grabbed her hand, and flashed him one of her dazzling smiles. We bonded over our names and have been inseparable ever since. Oh, Greg grunted. He rolled his eyes ever so slightly as he turned back to his plate, indicating the end of the conversation. Amber did not take the hint. So tomorrow will be your first day of school. I'll let you sit at my table at lunch if you ask me nicely. She said it was clear she was trying to be flirtatious, but it came off sounding arrogant. The way she said my table, as if Ruby and her other friends were esteemed guests of Princess Amber. <laughs> Thinking about it, this was fairly accurate. Though Amber was more than the queen, than a princess, a uh, queen ruler of the school. Why is she flirting with Greg, though? Ruby wondered. He was most definitely not her type. His style looked similar to the alternative kids she was always ragging on at school, with black hair, piercings, and dark clothing. He did have a pleasant face, but it was mostly hidden behind his hair. I think I'll manage to find my own friends. Greg screwed up his face. But, mm, cheers for the offer. Amber stared at him for a moment, open-mouthed and gawky, as though she couldn't fathom his response. She wasn't used to rejection. As Mum passed out the dessert, chocolate mousse cake, both Amber and Ruby decided a little slice couldn't hurt, their eyes lighting up at the sight of the fluffy chocolate dessert. Greg picked up his plate turning to her mother to make a face behind Amber's back. Mind if I take this to my room? Okay. Mom agreed. Just make sure you bring your plate down after. Usually, the pair would hang out in the living room after dinner, hoping Mom would open a bottle of wine and let them have a glass. Amber loved to hang out with her mom. She was young, pretty, and fun. According to Amber, whose mother was in her 60s, divorced, and according to Amber, boring. Today, Amber grabbed her by the hand and yanked her upstairs, meaning she had something private to discuss. I already know what it is, Ruby thought with a weary sigh. She's going to bitch and moan about my rude stepbrother as if it's somehow my fault. Everything was Ruby's fault. 
even if it wasn't. That was a reality she had learned to live with from an early age. Oh. Oh my god. Amber started. Your stepbrother. Yeah, he's... Perfect. Amber cried. Ruby did a double take. What? She frowned. He is so freaking gorgeous. How could you not tell me about this? Amber said. Here here comes the blaming and moaning. Um, well, I don't see him that way, Ruby explained. Really? Amber seemed dubious. How could you not see it? Greg was not athletic. He hated most sports besides football, and he was about as far from tanned as you could get. Aside from the fact he was taller than most guys his age, he did not fit the criteria. For the next few hours, Amber garbled on about all of Greg's amazing qualities, both real and very much imagined, and mined Ruby for information about his... It's You're okay. scratching the wall, I'm quick. Dislikes. When it was time for Amber to leave, she had her last request before going home. You have to ask him out for me. Amber demanded. Are, Are you sure? Ruby asked. Why not? Amber asked her pretty face turning dark. Don't you want me to date your stepbrother? Oh, it isn't that. Ruby gasped, terrified of upsetting her friend. Well, what's the problem then? Amber asked. I just don't know how he's good enough for you. Ruby said it was a tactful move, flattering her and putting her off in one fell swoop. I think I can decide who is good enough for me. Amber skidded. After taking a deep breath, Amber smiled and jumped up onto her feet. Okay, I'm off. Message me when you're done. Her blonde ponytail bounced as she did an excited little jig and waved. Once alone, Ruby turned to her mirror and made a horrified face at her reflection. This situation was a mess, and she sensed it was only going to get messier. There was no way Greg liked Amber. He left the table to get away from her. But if he says no, I will be to blame, she realized. Greg was sat in front of the television, playing a first-person shooter and basically hogging the entire living room. Not that Ruby was in any position to complain. She had a favor to ask. Uh, I'll pretend it's not a favor. Ruby decided. No, I'll make it. I make out as if he's the luckiest guy on the planet. So, so what did you think of, of my friend, Amber? She asked. Greg pulled off his headset, flashed her an annoyed look for interrupting him, and asked what she wanted. Did you like Amber? She repeated. Your blonde mate? Greg asked and made a puking gesture. She's the most popular of the... Er, she's... Whoa. Whoa. Uh, go back. Oh, here it is. It's right here. She's the most popular girl at school, and she wants to go on a date with you. Ruby continued with a wide grin, still trying to make the idea sound appealing. His face said he wasn't falling for it. Hard pass, he uttered before slipping his headset over his ears and continuing to shout instructions to his friends. Letting out a dejected sigh, Ruby figured she had no choice but to let Amber know. The girl had been pestering her to ask since last night, and there were only so many excuses she could make. He said no. Ruby typed and put a load of sad face emojis. Why? Amber typed back almost instantly. He thinks it would be weird to date my friend. 
Ruby lied. If she told the truth, it would only make Amber lash out in anger. And when that happened, it was Ruby who bore the brunt of it. Then convincing it won't be weird. Amber typed. Tutting. Ruby realized the lie was a mistake. What now? What now? She muttered to herself. I'll do my best. She replied. After a few moments, Amber sent a threatening message warning her that her best had better be good enough to change his mind. If you get in the way, we won't be friends much longer. Then he won't have to worry about it being weird. The message read, Ruby knew from experience that the threat wasn't an idle one. After a fight over a boy they both wanted, Amber had frozen her out for weeks, convincing all their other friends to do the same. Her clique wasn't exactly nice to the other students at her school, meaning she had no backup friends or even associates to hang out with. She'd been forced to sit, eat, and study alone for those horrible days. All, be- All because he chose her, me over her. Ruby thought she had never fully trusted Amber or any of her other friends since then. Even after Amber forgave her and let things go back to normal, being part of the toxic in-crowd had its advantages. But it was also very lonely and scary when you knew you were one mistake away from being ostracized, like walking on eggshells. Greg was still playing his game when Ruby approached him with a cup of tea, only a drop of milk and two sugars, just how he liked it. Give me two minutes, lads, he said, slipping his headset off and looking at her with suspicion. Why are you being so nice to me, he asked. I'm always nice to you. Ruby replied. This was a lie, a blatant and pointless one. She pulled up her sleeve to hold the hot cup and offered him the handle. Have you poisoned it or something? He asked as he accepted. After taking a sip, he nodded. Very nice. Thank you. Ruby took a deep breath. About my friend Amber, she really isn't as bad as she seems when you first meet her. And you have to admit she's very attractive and sexy. I'm not interested, Greg said, regarding her with suspicious eyes. Maybe you could give her a chance. Ruby smiled and nodded. Why? he asked. It was a fair question, but what she what was she supposed to say? So I don't get kicked out of the popular group for failing to get Queen Amber a date with you? Greg took another sip and placed the cup on the antique coffee table next to the corner instead of on top of it. A couple of rings had appeared on her mother's precious table, yet she wouldn't complain to or about Greg. Making him and his dad, Ron, feel at home here was of the utmost importance, according to her mother. Well, she, uh, well, she's my best friend, and she really likes you, Ruby said. It was the truth, not the whole truth and nothing but the truth, but this was her living room, not a court of law. Greg let out a scoffing sound, almost spitting his mouthful of tea in her face. Really likes me. I literally said one sentence to her. I guess she thinks you're hot. Ruby said and shrugged with far too much enthusiasm. Whatever, Greg said. She's not my type. Will you give her a chance anyway? Ruby asked, eyes wide and pleading. As she persisted, he cocked his head and squinted at her, becoming suspicious. Why? He asked again. We just went over this. Ruby said, tired of talking in circles. All she wanted was for him to say yes. An idea occurred to her. 
I'll pay for the, ta- the date, she offered. And you can s- swap bedrooms with me. I know you want the big room. It was a great offer, but it only made him more suspicious. Why would you think that? I like the box room. It's cozy, he said. Oh, wait. Uh, this, <laughs> this had to be a lie. That or he had changed his mind on the topic. Yesterday, she'd overheard him complaining to his dad about the size of his new room. He hadn't wanted to move here and was punishing his father by complaining about every tiny little thing. You can have my TV in your room. Ruby offered. Where? He scoffed. Can it levitate? Good point. Ruby said, looking down in deep thought. What else could she offer him? I'll pay you. She said at last, smiling like a maniac. He looked at her like she just offered to give him a naked lap dance. Look, I appreciate the tea and all the generous and borderline creepy offers, but it's not going to happen. Sorry. Giving up for the moment, Ruby trudged back off to the kitchen. She began to tidy and clean, sweeping up a pile of rice someone had split, spilt and left for someone else. It was probably Ron. He loved to cook more than he liked to clean up after himself. A foible mum found cute now but was bound to tire of before long. As she rubbed the last grains from her sweaty palms, the doorbell rang. Please don't be Amber, she thought. As she pulled the door open, her stomach was in knots. Hello, she said. Hello. Hello, the young man replied in the same questioning tone. The first thing she noticed about him was the shape of his lips, top-heavy and downturned. He looked like a young Johnny Depp. Young Johnny Depp was an obsession of Ruby's. She would watch his films on repeat, despite being terrified of Freddy Krueger. The guy on her doorstep had lighter hair, and his brown eyes had flecks of green, but there was a strong resemblance. I need to I stop, need to stop staring, staring like a lunatic. Ruby realized. Oh, okay, Can I help you? She asked. Lucas, just come on in, Greg shouted from the living room. Lucas looked at Ruby with a patient smile, waiting for her to move and let him inside. Oh. She uttered, stepping to the side and holding the door open for Greg's guest. Did you want a cup of tea or coffee? I just boiled the kettle. Coffee would be great, he said. He, yeah, I got it. He takes it without milk or sugar because he's a psychopath. Greg shouted to her, making his friend laugh. The pair of them bumped fists before Greg pulled the taller boy in for a hug. I miss you so much, Greg cried. It's been two days, Lucas said in a deadpan voice, and I only live an hour away. As Ruby placed the coffee on one of the wooden coasters, she noticed the way Greg was fawning over the guy and wondered if he might be gay. That would be super convenient. All right, all right, she's going to think we're lovers, Lucas said, pushing Greg away and dashing Ruby's last hope. I'm kind of glad this was straight. Are you doing her thoughts or am I? Uh, okay, I'm, I don't know which is, but I don't know. I really don't know how, like, protocol is for that. All right, I think I'll do them. Okay, fine. I'm kind of glad this visitor is straight, Ruby thought, checking him out with her 
peripheral vision. He was tall, even taller than Greg, and his chest muscles were visible beneath his t-shirt as he shifted, getting comfortable on the sofa. She took the space spot on the sofa and checked her messages to find a couple from Amber. Well, what did he say? Well... And simply, well... She could see the little wheel spinning, telling her that Ruby was typing. I can't... Or, what can I say? Ruby thought. In a panic, she typed... He said yes. The wheel stopped spinning for a second before it continued and the words Yay, great! appeared. Yay, great, she thought, looking at Greg with a guilty smile. Why are you looking at me like that? He asked, looking increasingly perturbed. What did you do? I told her you said yes. Ruby said, breathing out the sentence in one quick burst. What's this? Lucas asked as Greg filled him in on the situation not painting Amber in a very generous light. Ruby made her best puppy dog eyes at him. Well, you're gonna have to tell her you lied, Greg said at last. I can't. Ruby protested and pushed out her bottom lip. Well, I think she's going to figure it out when she turns up to the date and he's not there, Lucas said. Ruby glanced down at the phone and saw a ton of messages from Amber about what to wear and where to take him. She felt a prickle of guilt over getting her friend's hopes up. This was so much worse than just telling her no. She realized, but it was too late to take it back. She's so excited. Ruby said, hoping she could guilt him into saying yes. Why did you tell her I said yes? Greg asked. Both Greg and Lucas turned to regard her, hungry for an explanation. I don't know. Ruby shrugged. She didn't want to admit she was terrified of her only real friend. I just... I figured you would change your mind. Neither boy was satisfied with this explanation, and it showed on their faces. Oh, please, please say you'll go. Ruby begged, running out of options, but he shook his head slowly. I'll I'll do uh, all your chores and your homework, anything. Ruby pressed her palms together. Please. Greg and Lucas exchanged glances. Explain why you seem so desperate. And I might consider it, Greg offered. After a long, drawn-out sigh, Ruby proceeded to spill all the details of her friendship with Amber and the other two girls, Scarlet and Rose. Both Scarlet and Rose were nice, nice enough on their own and even as a couple. But when Amber was in the picture, they became vicious and would always pick Amber's side. She explained what had happened when Tom Grady flirted with both girls but ultimately chose Ruby. Looking back... Tom had treated them both cruelly and deliberately played the girls off of each other. Ruby did her best to avoid him these days, but he was always there, lingering about with his annoyingly sexy face. Tom is ugly next to Lucas, she thought, her mind running off track temporarily. She looked up at the boys who had remained silent during her speech. Look, I know I've been a bitch to you and you have no reason to help me out. But please, could you do this for me? You might even have a good time with her. Ruby asked. Greg said nothing, just stared at her with a strained, pitying smile. Ruby pictured what Amber's face would look like when she found out about the the lie. She could see everything unfolding in her mind's eye, the three girls looking at her like she was the devil, telling her she no longer had the right to be in their group like last time. The other not-so-popular kids would gloat and join in with the bitching and sly looks, and she would be forced to hide away, eating her lunch in the toilet with only the graffiti and smelly urine for company. 
that sick, dreadful sensation came flooding back. Nobody could make you feel quite so worthless and disgusting as her crew of popular girls. Tears formed behind her eyes, and before she could force them away, the warm little droplets tumbled down her cheeks. I'm begging you, please, she said, pleading with her eyes. Please say yes. I'm sorry, he started to say. Please, Greg, Ruby cried. She flung herself from the sofa to the floor with dramatic flair, kneeling at his feet. I'm begging you on my knees. Please, please say yes. As she stared up at Greg, she saw the indecision in his face. When, he asked after a world-weary sigh. Tonight, Ruby said, squeezing her hands together in prayer and giving him her most winning smile. He turned to his friend with a questioning look. It's okay. I can go, Lucas said. No, we were supposed to hang out this weekend, Greg argued. Hmm. He's good. Lucas looked down at Ruby. I'm sure your stepsister will entertain me while you're out with her friend, right? Uh, oh. uh. Ruby stammered. The way he was looking at her made her nervous. Plus the way he worded it, entertain him. What was he expecting her to do? She nodded, deciding it didn't matter. Anything was better than the alternative, and a night with the Greg's insanely hot friend was just an added bonus. What's the worst that could happen? Alright, so... That's probably the end of chapter two. Yeah, so we gotta watch an advertisement here. Oh, look, they're playing pool. (laughs) I'm jealous. Yep. Um, so what do you think of the story so far? It's okay if we can get it. Well, I'm getting about over it because it's supposed to be like a bangerama, and so far it's been pretty no, PG-13. So let's see, uh, <laughs> let's see what we got going here in chapter three. All right, you ready? No, I'm not. Okay. Amber down the last of her vodka and coke. Speaking of which, uh, Amber down the last of her vodka and coke and eyed the bottle of clear liquid with indecision. Getting too drunk before the date was a bad idea. Puking, slurring your words, and wobbling about the pavement were not endearing behaviors. But I'm so nervous, she thought. A single drink had done nothing to ease the knot in her stomach or the flutters in her chest. Amber had been on plenty of dates before, but this was different. It almost felt like a blind date. Usually her dates were the guys from her school, ones who knew her and had a good idea of what to expect. They understood she was at the top of the food chain and they were interchangeable trophies for her arm. She never genuinely cared for any of them besides Tom, and he had trampled all over her heart. Tom had been different. There was just something special about him. A spark. Greg had that same spark, but even brighter. She was a moth drawn to his dark flame. His odd choice of style and clothing might be an issue, but not one she could overcome. Once I really meant, I can work on him, she figured. For now... She decided to wear something he might like. The emo boys at her school appeared to... That's what I mean. Huh? That's what I mean. 
you know, the emo, you know, the guys that dress like all black, long hair. I don't know why they call them emo. I, I don't know. It's, I forget what it stands for. But, um. Go on. The emo boys at her school appeared to be, uh, prefer a low-key look. Their girlfriends covering up, for the most part, in baggy hoodies and black jeans. Amber did not own black jeans, but tight, mm-hmm. faded blue jeans would do. She squeezed into them, breathing in as she pulled up the zip. Knowing her breasts were her best feature, she decided it would be a shame not to showcase them. Pulling on a skin-tight black top, she posed and pouted at the mirror before searching for canvas pumps. After the 10-minute walk to Ruby's house, she knocked on the door. Her heart was studding as he answered. The vodka was sitting high in her stomach, causing the sting of indigestion and making her slightly queasy. Hi, Greg. She said and smiled, eyeing him to gauge his reaction to her outfit. He barely even looked at her as he grunted the word hello and shut the door behind him. As he walked beside her, his eyes looked straight ahead, looking at the cars parked shoddily over the winding street and the rows of identical red brick houses. I figured I could take you uh, to the the bowling alley, but if you don't like bowling, we can always go somewhere else. Amber said, bowling's fine, he said with a distinct lack of enthusiasm and fell silent again. How do how do you like living with Ruby? She asked, trying to get a conversation out of him. He cast her a sideways glance and frowned. It's been like three days. Is that too soon to form any opinions? Amber wondered. She smiled, unsure of how to respond to his curt answers. Was he going to be quiet and short with her the entire time? I like Ruby, he said, much to her relief. She was bitchy at first, but I'm starting to think that's it's just a defense mechanism. What do I say or what do I say to that? What do I say to that? Amber thought in a panic. Does he think I'm bitchy too? You are bitchy, her harsh and cynical inner voice piped up. <laughs> Dwelling in this for a second, she decided it would be best to dial back for her inner diva and try to put on a nice front. It wasn't that Amber didn't know how to be kind. It just served her better to be cruel most it, most in most situations. Damn. I love Ruby. Amber said. I'm sure you two will get along, get uh, on like a house on fire. Did you see that film, <laughs> Trial by Fire? He asked, changing the subject dramatically. Uh, no. Amber said. She saw it in her suggestions on Netflix and flicked past it a couple of times, something she was now regretting. <laughs> it's about a guy who gets the death penalty when his house burns down with his kids inside, and everyone thinks he did it, Greg said. That's horrible. Amber said, trying to think of something to say. Maybe she was right to have skipped past it. It sounded downright depressing. What do you think about the death penalty? He asked, not giving her a pause to think. Uh, I don't know. She stuttered. I've never really thought about it. Pro or against? It's an easy question, Amber. He pressed. His tone was oddly stern, as if he were a teacher and she was a difficult student. Was there a correct answer to the question? Would he argue with her and make her feel stupid for getting it wrong? Uh, against. Amber said at last, if she was going to try to be nice, it seemed the only way to go. Why? He asked. Uh, because they end up killing innocent people. 
Amber said. She assumed the guy in the film was innocent from Greg's description. Uh, if the courts kill an innocent man for cr the crime of killing, surely they deserve to die too. Greg nodded as he walked, as if in agreement. What, what do you think? Amber asked, more to keep the conversation flowing than anything else. I'm undecided, he said. That's not fair. Amber cried, only half joking. You forced me to answer. She almost tripped when he stopped and turned to face her. His eyes shone as she stared at his eyes shone as she stared at her with an intensity that bordered on scary. Uh, I didn't force right. you to say anything. You could have said you were undecided, he said in a dark voice. Amber shrank back, feeling small and stupid. Yeah, um, sorry. She mumbled. I mean, what if some degenerate raped and murdered your children? Wouldn't you want them to die for it? He asked, tone conversational again as he turned and continued to walk. Well, well, I guess. Amber said. This made him snicker. I see you have very firm opinions. <laughs> I do about stuff I actually care about. Amber shot back, feeling defensive. And what stuff do you care about? He asked, sounding bored. In that horrible moment, Amber could not think of a single thing she cared about, enough to have a strong opinion on, not one solitary thing. She felt her cheeks burn, humiliated as he turned to her with an expectant look. He makes me so nervous, she realized. I can't think because of the nerves. She sighed and shrugged, hoping he would take the hit. Yeah, yeah. Would take the hint and drop it. So, so what? what are your hobbies? Oh, he okay. said in a silly voice, imitating a bad first date script from a movie. I do gymnastics. She said, thinking that might impress him. Most guys were impressed, if not a little turned on, to learn this. She tried to think of something else that would impress him more than her main pastimes of shopping, drinking, and shit posting on social media. I like online gaming. She landed on. Ha! Greg let out a sharp laugh. A gamer girl? What do you play? Day of Dragons. Amber said. She started playing because Tom was obsessed with the game and continued to play because it was addictive and she'd made online friends. Friends who didn't know her in real life so didn't expect her to be a certain way. Snap! Greg said, giving her a genuine smile for the first time. They chatted about the game as they entered the bowling alley and asked for shoes. At size 4, Amber had tiny feet. Jesus. She was petite. Almost a head shorter than Greg, with a small waist and an ample chest. When Greg asked for size 11, she wondered if it, if what people said about big feet was true. Maybe I'll get to find out, she thought, hopefully. Amber had chosen bowling because she knew she was good and liked to impress people. It turned out he was better, but he was impressed with her skills. Oh, you're really good, she told him. You're good too, he said. She expected him to track to attack for a girl at the end of the statement, but was glad when he did. Nearly every guy she'd been bowling with had explained how good she was for a girl, even if she'd beaten them hands down. Her standard reply these days was What does that make or what does that make you bad for a girl? She hadn't expected him to be so good. Maybe it was his lack of initial enthusiasm or the fact Ruby had said he wasn't athletic, but he didn't seem the type. 
after he beer, they walked through the arcade. The headache-inducing flashing lights and jarring noises of the games brought back memories of her childhood. She used to hang out there a lot as a kid. Her feet stuck to something sticky on the floor as she stepped over spilt popcorn. They had kept the same dark and stained carpet for all these years, despite updating the games to expand their selection several times. Her favorite was the dance machine, but she didn't feel like Greg would be into it. Do you want to get food? She asked as they passed the fast food restaurant. It was done in the style of the 50s American diner and had the most amazing burgers and shakes. No, he said, let's just get pretzels and to eat on the way home. Okay, pretzels. Amber said, uh, trying to keep the disappointment out of her voice. She'd really been hoping he would want to spend more time with her. Shall we... Shall we go back to yours and hang out with Ruby? She asked, giving him a second option. On the off chance, he was genuinely not hungry. Now I have shit to do. I'll walk you back to your house, he said. The way he said it was so commanding and bossing, her inner bitch had to defy him in some small way. Well, I'll just hang out with Ruby then. She told him, flicking her hair. Her eyes almost popped out of her head when he grabbed her by the shoulders and leaned in. I'll walk you back to your house, he repeated more slowly, staring into her eyes with a fierce and cold expression that chilled her to the bones. Okay. She nodded weakly. When he smiled and switched back to taking talking nicely, it dawned on Amber that he might want to go back to hers for another reason. Does he expect me to sleep with him after one date, she thought. She felt certain he was—he uh, saw her looking him up and down, wondering how he looked naked. He was tall, with a broad chest and shoulders, and slim but not skinny. His arms had the same muscle definition as older guys she dated, arms that could pick her up and throw her onto the bed like a rag doll. By the time they reached her porch, she had decided that sleeping with him on the first night would be acceptable. Desirable, even. Okay, he said as the pair halted. He bent over, leaning in so close she could smell his cologne. As she waited for the kiss, eyes closed, she heard the clatter of a lid. Opening her eyes with a frown, she saw he was leaning over to put his pretzel wrapper in the bin. See ya, he said, giving her a pat on the head. <laughs> A gentle breeze blew her hair into her face as she stood mouth agape, watching him walk away. She wiped the hair from her gloss lips, face screwed up in confusion until her mother called her indoors. Do you have a good? Did you have a good time? Mom asked. Uh. Amber swallowed. I think so. Well, should we read another chapter? Oh no. You're good on it. I mean, we should just take a break for sure. So. Alright, so, um... It's bedtime. Until next time, for this being an erotica novel, it's... We'll get there. Not very erotic. So that was the end of chapter three, I believe. Patience. So we will continue here with the story. What was it called? Oh, shit, I don't know. I'll figure it out. Peace. Later on. Thank you.